Okay, so first of all, I'd say use this podcast as homework. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, seriously, look at how when you consider applying and do apply, but seriously, look at how your digital workplace can truly make a difference to your employees as part of your um, compiling a submission by falling in love with the problem um, it's seeking to solve and not the technology. This is about telling your story and a big part of demonstrating impact as we've highlighted in, in our research this year is about being able to tell the story. So if you see this as practice, that's great. And our judges love to be told a really compelling, really strongly fact-based, but an interesting story. And whether you're excelling at things behind the scenes, so maybe you've really worked hard on that governance or done some great strategic work, come and tell us about that because in this award program, you know, we do reward those aspects, as I said, not just the, the, the end product. Of course, if you're delivering really feature rich, exciting digital workplaces, so that what aspect, then come and tell us about that as well. And whether you're a small team or a big team, I think the team awards this year show that, you know, winners can be very diverse in terms of, of what it is that they're doing and achieving. A powerhouse duo stopped by the Digital Workplace Impact Podcast Studio today to have a riveting conversation about DWG's 2023 Digital Workplace of the Year Award winners. We got to explore the big trends and the key insights as a headline. This duo included Elizabeth Marsh, DWG's Director of Research and Program Manager for the Awards Program, alongside Susan Quain, Digital Employee Experience Director at Fidelity International and a three-year veteran of the awards judging panel. Among the big themes we explored were things like what made the class of 2023's award winners stand out, how the award trends have evolved over the years, and surprisingly, what's remained constant, how the rise of hybrid has influenced the awards, what some of our winners are doing early days to exploit the use of generative AI, and also how the winners demonstrated innovative and creative approaches to digital transformation. Susan and Elizabeth also offered lots of advice for digital workplace leaders and their teams, and even puts a special call to action out there for leveling up in a fast-moving industry in a cost-sensitive environment. Elizabeth and Susan also dropped in some advice for those who have an ambition to apply for the awards program in 2024. So get ready and join me now in conversation with Elizabeth and Susan. This is your host and DWG's chief executive, Nancy Goebel. And as always, Digital Workplace Impact is brought to you by Digital Workplace Group. Happy listening. Elizabeth, welcome back into the studio. I see that you've brought one of DWG's members who's served on the judging panel for DWG's Digital Workplace of the Year Awards. I'm just delighted to have Susan alongside you, Elizabeth, to get some conversation underway. 
Thank you, Nancy. Thanks for the welcome. Always great to be back in the studio. And of course, joined by Susan Quain, Digital Employee Experience Director at Fidelity, and a previous winner um, as well in our Leader Awards category as a game changer in the industry. And Susan was part of uh, such a fantastic judging panel this year. And we had a group of highly respected experts really in the field, uh, thought leaders, and they bring in all of that knowledge and experience, uh, you know, from the, the coal face, as it were, with digital workplaces and also add to the rigour and objectivity of the process as well, which is something that we we value. And so just to mention those other names, we also had Christy Punch uh, back for the second year, who's a senior manager in the engineering experience at Liberty Mutual. And of course, brings always a flourish to our award ceremony this year, posing as chat CP instead of GP, as our chatbot, bringing a slight different uh, perspective. Um, we had Dennis Agusi, uh, Director of Communication Channels at Philips, um, who of course is well known as a, a thought leader in the field. And we had Rory Gardner, who's the team leader for strategic insights for digital workplace at Fidelity Investments, returning this year, um, having been part of that winning team of digital workplace of the year last year, and of course now coming in as a judge as well. And, and, and I would be remiss not to mention your good self as well, Nancy, as part of that uh, judging panel. And we, you know, we have fantastic discussions among the judging panel in in making some of those decisions often quite quite tricky ones about about various winners so so brilliant to be here with with susan as well absolutely susan of course now i have to bring you in not only as a previous winner but a three-time veteran of the judging panel welcome welcome thank you thank you nancy thank you elizabeth and so, Susan, um, after that introduction from Elizabeth, we, we have to flip things over to say, what actually drew you into the process of becoming a judge and what's kept you coming back for three consecutive years? Well, I would say it's a work passion of mine. I love what digital technology can do to help people in their working lives. And what I've loved about being a judge is the process of collaborating with other judges and looking at the challenging task of judging the submissions, really looking at what um, companies are doing, how they're keeping abreast of what's going on in the field. It's really good to look at how well we've progressed, how much we're doing. And I just love to see how much the industry has progressed over the past few years. So being able to judge is a real privilege for me, and that's why I keep coming back. I think we've taken things to a whole nother level, and being part of that's really exciting for me. And I think that's such an exciting way to think about the judging role. Really, it's it's a form of benchmarking and getting that vantage view of what's going on in the industry and, and doing that as an early look while we're uh, reviewing all of the applicants who've come into the awards program. So that's quite a strategic way to think about the judging role. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I'm sure that um, uh, it's, it's something that um, will continue to pay 
dividends, not only from a professional development standpoint, but uh, industry perspective as well. Certainly. <laughs> and so, Elizabeth, am I right in thinking that DWG has just inducted the seventh group of winners into the Hall of Fame for the Digital Workplace of the Year Awards? Hard to believe, isn't it? But, but yes, that is correct. And so with that, I know that you put together a pretty powerful piece of research last year that reflected on the first five generations, but now taking two stops uh, further into the, the Hall of Fame with now the 2023 class in place. How have the trends of digital workplaces evolved over the years? And have you observed any significant changes for 2023? That report was was incredibly interesting to produce, and you know it looks across the uh, different areas that we assess uh, within the awards. So right through from the strategy, the governance. So you know we're looking at the how, through to the kind of features of the digital workplace, how users are engaged, um, and so we've been able to see what's going on in those different areas. One thing that struck me this year in particular as a sort of update to those trends was of course since 2020 we've seen a big focus on efficiency and how can we help people to be productive and to really get on with their work not just in the office but in a range of, of different sort of remote and hybrid roles as well and I was intrigued by the level of focus on personalization. I would also almost say hyper-personalization among the win winners and the way that they were integrating different aspects of the digital workplace together to give an experience that is almost like the digital workplace is wrapping itself around you um, and really bringing in what you need. So for example, of course, we had uh, Cox Communications as the winner of Digital Workplace of the Year. And we saw what a journey they'd been on to bring together a lot of disparate experiences and then how they managed to really personalise that end, uh, uh, that kind of end experience for users. And of course, personalisation is not new in our industry. It's been a, it's been a big trend for many years, but the, the level at which it's now being achieved, you know, they were targeting the, the navigation, the kind of alert cards that they had for tasks and reminders, the news, of course, bringing in things from Viva Engage, rewards and recognitions, you know, various aspects of social media. So it, it was very impressive to see the ways. In, in a way, it felt like perhaps we've we've peaked this year with kind of peak personalization um, in, in some respects, although, although no, no doubt there's more to come. And actually on that more to come, area because this year we looked into this area of how the team operates we got to see what it is that teams are, are busy with behind the, the the scenes as well as what they're they've already delivered and i found that really a, a fascinating and something that we saw across those teams was that they even where they were quite very small teams they were carving out a portion of their time to look at emerging technologies and use cases. Uh, you know, at EBSCO, you had the, the innovation hub, 
EY had its um, Cognistreamer platform for ide ideation. DBS, of course, talk about innovation as usual. And that gave me um, a lot of kind of excitement about what we're going to see next uh, as well. And that has been a big change because I think about how many teams moved to more of an agile approach and really struggled with how do you balance a minimum viable product with innovation? And here we are now several years later and innovation is just part of the fabric of what these leading teams are doing day to day. And that's, as you say, not only thinking about where emerging technologies can play a role, um, but also in enabling organizations to be more creative and be more innovative from added support with, uh, with the digital workplace. Let's pivot that a little bit here and, and talk about whether there are any trends that have stood the test of time. So personalization, as you say, has hit a hyper stage, but are, are there other things that you've seen extend over time and maybe intensify or, or hold steady ground? So one area that I think is interesting to talk about is, is governance. Governance isn't boring and it's actually an important innovation area. And we see that in the awards. And one of our previous judges commented that you know, governance is no longer about saying no to things uh, and, and making sure that we stop you know, certain behaviours uh, or, or actions are, are prevented. But it's actually seen more as an enabler. And I think we see that trend among the award winners um, and the ways that they uh, use governance to really involve people um, to build the partnerships, to help guide users around uh, what tools they, they're going to use for different purposes. Um, and so I think kind of thinking about how organizations governing the digital workplace and how they're potentially elevating the language around the governance, talking about you know the playbook that they have for the digital workplace and really um, you know, kind of baking it into into the culture, which we've we've seen, you know, from previous winners as well. So perhaps an unlikely area to bring out. But another one I, I would say is a big trend, and we're picking up on this in our research program this year, is around user engagement. And user engagement that is not just at one point in the program, but is really interlaced through the whole kind of digital workplace life cycle and that focus on employees and colleagues as customers. Um, and so uh, one of our research team is actually looking at those practices too, that we've seen in the awards to really engage people, um, not just on the pro project, not just at the initial stage, um, but at every stage and to have uh, frameworks around that to make sure that it's, it's really systematic and that it, it gets into the discovery of, you know, the needs and pain points that people have um, in, in the digital workplace and offers them the support as well that they need to really raise their digital skills and engage in meaningful ways in, in the digital workplace. I guess if I had one last brief one, it would be around the people. And maybe it sounds a bit trite to say, you know, the level of passion and talent you know we see people from a lot of different backgrounds 
uh, fulfilling digital workplace roles, which is one of the the kind of rich richnesses that we see. Um, and I think people who really make things happen, who are prepared to step up and champion the digital workplace and um, kind of work together very creatively as teams as well. I, I think that's that's absolutely fundamental in our industry. So that must make things very interesting from a judging standpoint, Susan. So let's bring you in for a moment and, and tell us a little bit about how you and your fellow judges evaluated the effectiveness of all of these entrants from the standpoint of digital workplace strategy and governance, because we need to talk a little bit about the big picture as well as the framing points that help guide the approach to delivering the impact that Elizabeth has been talking about via the trends. Well, it wasn't easy, Nancy. I mean, as you've you know heard what Elizabeth just been saying, there are so many things to factor in, um, and one of the areas, one of the key areas that stood out, um, and one thing, one of the things that we expected to see was how the digital workplace teams aligned their goals, organisational strategy, CNS solutions, for instance, um, were very strong on that. And you often see teams, you know, if they, if to be successful, you really need to link up into the aims and the goals of that organization and, and hopefully mirror the commercial priorities of the business because that's where you really set yourselves up to success. So we saw the submissions that did really well were those ones that were tightly aligned um, to those priorities. And also, given that we had, you know, the teams, um, being the first time we had the team digital workplace teams this year, they had a clear team purpose and they had ways of proactively engaging with business units. So for instance, um, available to one area, the EY, that had core competencies for how they engage with the rest of the business, everyone working to the same goal. So whenever they um, engage with business units, everyone knew what they stood for, what their remit was, and it, because they had a vision and strategy, it was very clear and very easy to get stuff done. So one of the areas, um, for instance, that EY, one of the winning teams, um, really focused on was things like plan and design. They always use user research and analysis as an outset. So every business unit that works with them would know that that's how they start out. And then they build and integrate. That's another core competency and you use strong product management uh, methodology to make sure what you do has all the right ingredients to make that product a success from the um, from the idea through to the implementation to the launch. And that's something a lot of companies don't necessarily have. And that's why we don't have things like the trend that Elizabeth stated around user engagement. It's so important once you get a product underway to have the user or the employee, as I prefer to call them, at the center of what you do. And another area of strategy, which was tied to how they linked in with organizational strategy was the ability to measure what they were doing, you know, the measure how creative um, something was. So creative might start out at the beginning, but what actual KPIs did they achieve as part of that? Because, you know, what what gets, what's the saying? What gets measured gets managed. So that was a key um, area we looked at. 
and another one around governance. And the strongest submissions really looked at top-down and bottom-up approach, a framework for top-down and bottom-up in terms of having a digital workplace governance committee in place where there was a senior sponsor who was really steering what they did, having a user advisory board in place. So not only did they have the most senior sponsors involved, but they they talked to the, the groups of the organisation and got lots of regular feedback, submitting ideas and improvements, champions networks, things like that we looked for to really see that this this team was literally had antenna into the, you know, the all parts of the organization and it was something that was being driven. So really strong strategy and governance coming through in a lot of the submissions, but those are some of the areas we were particularly looking for. Mm. And in your three-year tenure, you've seen quite a lot of change in how organizations are being supported and enabled by the changing nature of the digital workplace. And so year one, we were at the tail end of the pandemic, right? So your first year as judge, your second year, we moved into endemic. And now, for lack of a better term, you know, we're we're uh, in a state of the new normal and hybrid is very much a part of that. Whereas we were pandemic working at one point, which was very different. And so how has the rise of hybrid work influenced the awards from your standpoint, Susan? Immensely. I mean, I talked about the revival of digital workplaces um, and the pandemic has definitely been a driver for that. Many of the companies that um, submitted um, applications talked about their roadmaps being accelerated by hybrid working. You know, a lot of the challenges we've had over the years, I've seen none of the things that we've done are new, but because most companies, a lot of companies have woken up to the fact that people are at home, they're, you know, they haven't got anyone to look to left or right. They're not always in the office anymore. So we need to make sure that digital workplace is working for them. So all of a sudden with the move to working from home, We've also had to complement that with a really strong digital workplace that brings forward a lot of these um, functionalities, really user-friendly functionalities like chatbots, like enterprise social networks, working closely with departments like communications around messaging. So, for instance, Liberty Mutual during the pandemic had things like um, teaser messages that would provide updates on what was going on, just little nuggets followed by regular updates. Um, to drive greater engagement, you know, unsexy projects like content being really clear and easy for people to consume, that was brought forward again with the liberty because people are at home, they need to be able to be self-sufficient. So having all of this at their fingertips, regardless of where they are, need to be front and centre. So, of course, we talk about the, the front door, but now we're talking about the digital front door, right? So all of this was accelerated. And, you know, a lot of things were t- taken from previous feedback from previous year surveys, for instance, things that were in those surveys for years that all of a sudden made up a roadmap. So it's been brilliant. It's actually been a renaissance for the industry just because a lot of these things that we've talked about and made business cases for years have just happened overnight literally yeah and so elizabeth just to bring you back into the mix let's talk a little bit about how 
the rise of hybrid has introduced some new challenges for digital workplace teams to to tackle as part of ongoing transformation. How would you describe um, the approach that some of the winners have uh, taken in not only framing their key challenges, but also overcoming them? Yeah, I mean, it's apparent from just listening to Susan there and the range of different aspects of, of the digital workplace program and experience that she was picking up on, that we really, in these awards, look to get under the bonnet of how digital workplaces work and what makes them work. So we're not just interested in the shiny features, for example. We, we really want to understand how, you know, how did the team get to that stage? And of course, the really key part of that that we look at is understanding how did the team make the strong rationale? How, how did they articulate the why for the digital workplace? And this can be a real challenge for organisations. And Susan mentioned you know, having that tight alignment with organisational strategy. And there's no winner in this awards programme that doesn't have uh, that alignment. And, you know, they're thinking about how to um, articulate that in really compelling ways to really be able to empower employees with the, the plans that they have for the digital workplace as well. Uh, so I think that's a really important area. Uh, so it's not just about the how, it's about that, about that why, you know, related to that, they're sort of taming, taming the wilds in, in a sense with, with the strategy because once organisations really waking up to, you know, needing to look at a sort of unified digital workplace experience, then it's incredibly comp complex. And so these teams are combining a sense of really broad ambition with also um, the day-to-day -day practicalities, being able to articulate it in a very clear, in a very simple way, make sure that it remains uh, very people-focused as well as aligning of course, to that strategy. And within all of this, we get into, and particularly this year with the new team award, you know, what does that team look like that is behind the digital workplace and behind the modern intranet? And where does it sit? Who leads it? Uh, where have they come from? What skills do, do they need? And that's something that we've, we've looked at in recent years in research. And you know, building and growing that team. So we, we saw in the, in, in the team awards, Susan mentioned the MCNS team at PwC Canada, team of two. They won an award for, for the mighty micro, micro team. And they're really delivering as a small team. And so, you know, hopefully putting forth the evidence for, for growing that team, for showing the value. We see DBS Bank have won various awards with us year after year and something that they're great at as well as actually delivering is also the branding of the team so what's the what's the team called you know what's its image to the rest of the organization so at dbs it's the future of work team you know they've gone they've gone all out really with their with their title um, and then of course we saw with the ey team a, a highly professional team operating at a very large scale so that how to really put the team in place and build and grow that and and we we see people evolving through different roles 
you know, also some of the award winners, of course, are coming out and moving into bigger, bigger roles as well. Uh, I guess the other thing, of course, relating back to where I was talking about the rationale is really showing the impact. And you've mentioned this, Nancy, that this is the big focus for us at DWG this year in response to uh, what our members are, uh, are saying are their, their biggest challenges. And we've published research, some of it in the public domain, about how do you demonstrate the digital workplace impact and putting a framework and a process around that and looking at the storytelling angle. And then in our latest report, you know, how do you really engage with the data that's available? And uh, among the winners, we certainly see that ability to use uh, metrics in a in a very meaningful way as well. So, yeah, lots lots of um, not just food for thought, but inspiration for practice. I think uh, among these winners, absolutely, it's one of those things. You know, I I've been in the industry for a long time. I won't say how many years, but it it was very true at one time that digital workplace teams in whole and in part were operating in the shadows. And when you look at where we are now, the digital workplace is the digital headquarters of the organization. And it is a space where most especially the advanced players and the award-winning players have a clear identity and a role in the organization and can tell that story, but also the wider impact of the digital workplace headquarters as a strategic asset of the organization with those uh, tie-ins, Susan, that you talked about to the you know overall business strategy. And so it, there's almost been a coming of age for the digital workplace over the last few years. Anything to add, Susan? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that Elizabeth just said, but one of the two things I'd add, um, Budgets have always been a struggle, right? You know, we're in a cost control climate, you know, things have, you know, taken a hit since the pandemic. But digital workplace teams, I've noticed, have, have addressed that. They've tried to overcome that. And what I'm finding happening, happening in some of the companies is that you don't necessarily have to be sitting in the same team or in the same part of the business some of the companies are working collaboratively across the business to tap into resources that may not sit directly in their line management, but they see someone in another department has certain skills and they form cross collaboration teams or cross functional teams, as they're sometimes called. I know that EY have done this where they've worked across the business and other companies have done that as well, but it's something where you can you can look at what you need to do and just look at what you have within the business to help you accelerate that. So that's one area I've seen organizations overcoming. Another one is where they're sitting. Often you talk about actually it doesn't matter where you sit in the organization, but depending on the tough organization you do have, it can make a real difference. So going back to EBSCO, I noticed that they sit within the CIO's office and they report directly into the CIO and a lot of the goals set within that team come directly from the CEO and what a brilliant way of giving license to a team to operate by sitting at the center of a business and really being able to work across that business that then overcomes a lot of challenges that team's taken more seriously 
um, you know, to my point earlier about organizational strategy, it ties into that. So there are ways of positioning teams to help them overcome some of the, you know, problems around budget, around where they sit, by having them right front and center. And that all is for the good of the employee, right? So those are some of the ways that we're being very innovative, like we weren't before, to make sure we're, we're really making a difference. Mm. And it comes back to the the idea that by enabling the employee experience, you enable the customer experience because ultimately we are part of a wider landscape in servicing the needs of the customer, whatever those may be, and the wider communities around us. And so it's almost analogous to the ripple effect. So if the employees are at the center of that experience and we've removed the friction, we've supported hyper-personalization, we understand how they work and we're supporting ways for them to do that, not only more productively, but more innovatively, it then has a cascading effect on the organization, the customers or clients, and the wider community. And that's a very powerful paradigm. So Susan, I want to come back to you in just a moment, but Elizabeth, first, I, I want to explore something that, that certainly has caught my attention, especially as artificial intelligence has become an active part of the dialogue around the digital workplace. And it's it's the idea that it almost feels as though there's a new level of importance emerging around fostering a knowledge culture as part of the digital workplace. Can you talk a little bit about how some of the award winners have demonstrated this? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, just picking up from where Susan left off and she talked about EY and, of course, their they're real leaders in this space. And I was intrigued in the awards ceremony when they did a brief share with us and gave the example of bringing the digital workplace more into the places where people are working, bringing that knowledge into the places where people are trying to get tasks done. And the example that they shared was around PowerPoint and where they've broken down something like 30,000 PowerPoint decks into their individual slides. And then you know, employees can easily search through those and drag in, you know, ready-made slides. And when you put that on top of the kind of capabilities that we're getting through AI as well to help create content, you know, we're really going to kind of a next next level in terms of that, of that knowledge sharing. And, you know, we've always, there's always been a theme around, knowledge flow and the winners really being good at crafting these ecosystems in which knowledge can can flow in which you know kind of social collaborative tools are really woven in uh, to the environment and also you know being an expert at, at really facilitating communities that have important conversations that also help you kind of locate the experts that you need and increasingly we're seeing the role of workplace chatbots within that to co connect you to that information that you need and, and the people as, as well. So I think there's a lot more, there's a lot more to come. We've perhaps seen quite a lot of, you know, toe dipping in the water uh, in this area. We saw a lovely example from MetLife around their 
AI-based talent recommendations in the digital workplace, which, which I know impressed the judges a great deal this year. So I'm certainly excited to see more. And I guess taking a, I know it's a it's sort of different angle from where you were originally going with this question, but that kind of connection of knowledge is also happening, as Susan pointed out, by sort of harnessing the partnerships within the workplace, by connecting with different stakeholders, by bringing people on board, by making sure that they have a voice and that employees have a voice. And it was really thrilling to see EBSCO, you know, win an award for that. So they won a Connected Team Award for the level to which they're taking those partnerships and the ways that they're they're really um, engaging with users and other teams as well. Fantastic. Susan, I have to bring you in. Anything to add to this or uh, anything that sort of struck you or surprised you in this particular context? Yeah, I mean, I thought people's use of AI, you know, we had to get into AI at some point, right? Um, you know, the way we're trying to look at in this climate, how to really make life easier for our people. Um, and as we're saying, our customers, there's a lot of work really being driven around personalization, as we said, around AI to make things simple. And I love the way that's now entering the digital workplace space. And it didn't surprise me at all. But what it's what it's done is it's just elevated the whole digital workplace to another level because I think we're going to be so center to a lot of what goes on in AI just because we'll be able to do things so easily. And a lot of the companies that submitted um, this year are really driving that agenda. So it was it was really nice to see. And it made um, a very ex- for a very exciting judging process as well. And Elizabeth, I guess I'm thinking about how much change will come with the advent of AI and other emerging technologies. But in the meantime, I know that our roster of winners are examples of organizations that are inherently innovative and creative in their approaches. Uh, Maybe we can come back to that as a theme. And can you share a little bit more about how that all came to life with this year's award winners? Yeah, we saw this across across different awards. Um, and yeah, it's coming through in AI, but in, in also in, in ways that these, these teams are working and delivering. So one really specific example, um, again, going back to Cox, where they have developed a proprietary engagement index score um, and so that's allowing content performance to be evaluated. They're using a weighting structure for the various ways in which employees engage with content. And they've actually brought in the skills of a statistician to help um, analyze that data and really understand what are the characteristics that make content successful. Um, and that's part of a, a wider measurement framework that they've put in place. So there's several things I love about that is that they've really thought about how they need to evaluate content and how they can really help their content creators to create great content that employees want to engage with. And the other thing I love um, is that bringing in a statistician. And in fact, when I wrote the report around uh, the Digital Workplace Impact Framework and you know some of the companies I was talking to were talking about 
kind of professionalizing that that metrics aspect of the team and bringing in uh, specific skills or again going back to partnerships working uh, with with roles and teams across the organization and so um, part of that creativity in a way is uh, sort of knowing the skills that they need to tap into to perhaps get, go beyond to you know to use Susan's phrase really take things to the next level um, in what they're doing as well and um, another one that kind of I suppose stood out to me and I mentioned briefly we had MetLife the modern internet winner with their AI-based talent recommendations. And this was quite intriguing. So they have this tool called MyPath and it's really trying to match people in the organization with other people, with projects, with positions based around the skills and experiences and the, the ambitions they have as well for their career. And the possibilities of this in terms of productivity alone, but also that, that kind of engagement of employees in, in the workplace um, is really exciting. And uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing more developments along those lines as well. And so innovation and creativity can not only help transform the digital workplace, but also the approach that's taken to get there. And uh, you talked a little bit, Elizabeth, about this idea of measuring impact. So I think it's great to come back to you, Susan, to say, how did you and the other judges assess the impact on things like engagement and productivity and creativity? So one of the things we looked for were really good measurement strategies. Um, we scored highly where companies didn't just state the fact, but they could really demonstrate through data how employee engagement had improved or as a result of a new implementation or functionality or adoption that it had improved by X across the business. We scored highly on those areas. And what I've found in the three years since I've been doing this, Nancy, is that we've been getting a lot better at proving and showing through data and insights how we're improving. So I'm not going to call out any specific um, companies because I found across the board we were doing a lot better than we have been in the in the first year since I was judging, just because we're having to create a number of business cases to really prove what we're doing is impactful. Productivity has been a really big one since the pandemic. So we're doing all kinds of things to demonstrate that what we're doing is having a knock-on effect, not just on employees, but on the bottom line as well. Um, and going back to EY, Liberty, MetLife, all of them are demonstrating how what they're doing can hit that bottom line because it's always been difficult in this in this field to really prove that. In previous times, we've been called fluffy. We can't really demonstrate how we've really engaged and moved the dial. So we've used metrics to help us do that. So really good um, um, measurement strategies. Another one was areas where, you know, they were showing, we're talking about working with different parts of the business and how that's really had an impact on engagement, really working across the business. So intranet, now they're digital workplaces, they're enterprise-wide. So we've got to tap into all those areas that can help us make an impact. So no longer we can't work within our own team. We have to work with different areas that have maybe struggled to maybe meet their own objectives 
And then that's made an impact on their team and also some of the key key, um, areas that they've tried to um, come forward with, like finance, trying to implement a new system or procurement, trying to make vendor management more easy. So we looked at things like that where we could really see that bottom line being um, moved and also setting success criteria in the form of KPI that could be proven, things like that. So that type of area where, where we were seeing things coming through much stronger. And it's, as I said, it's gotten stronger as the years have gone on. And I'm just thinking about the combination of what you've both said, Elizabeth and Susan, I'm thinking about the fact that this group of winners has really shown that they've leveled up in skills, whether they've done a build or buy on uh, analytic talent but also leveling up on storytelling capabilities. Um, They've put more explicit tiebacks to a business case for change and contextualize that business case with tiebacks to the enterprise strategy. And that trifecta has really led to a leapfrog moment around demonstrating that impact. I wonder if maybe we should turn our attention to thinking about 2024, because I know that people will be anticipating what will come next year vis-a-vis the Digital Workplace of the Year Awards. So Susan, let me start with you. Based on your experience as a judge, what advice would you give to organizations that are aiming to excel in their digital workplace transformations and by extension be in a position to apply next year okay so first of all i'd say use this podcast as homework (laughs) (laughs) i mean seriously um look at how when you um consider applying and do apply but seriously look look at how your digital workplace can truly make a difference to your employees as part of your um compiling a submission by falling in love with the problem um, it's seeking to solve and not the technology, right? So using AI as an example, so this is all very exciting. It's a disruptor. It's something that has the potential to improve productivity. But think about how we need to do the unsexy groundwork with content and with data to make it a success. Think about how you create a simple vision and how you link that to an actionable strategy that resonates with people. Because a lot of us, and I'll, you know, held myself up here, we can get a bit too caught up in making that strategy, you know, not as simple as we could do. So it doesn't always resonate with people. Create something simple that people are going to really engage with and then they can get behind it. Organize yourselves. We talked about governance. When you're thinking about how you transform your digital workplace with governance look at how you organize yourself from top down and bottom up it's really hard to get that middle layer of the organization and you can get all the sponsorship you like but if you don't have that middle layer with you you won't progress as much as you want so you need that sponsor to galvanize people into action but you need to engage with the roots of the organization as well to drive things you have champions allies and people in your corner and i talked about this already but measurement think about what you're doing when you fall in love with the problem and decide how you're going to go after it how are you going to measure it so you know i've lost count of the number of times in my career where there have been all kinds of opinions on the way things are done 
and how we should do them, why we're doing them. Data cuts through all of that. So really have a strong measurement strategy for how you're going to prove or disprove what you're looking to do with your digital workplace. There's more I could add here, but those are just some of the things, some of the advice I would give to organisations looking to transform. Well, that feels like an inspiring call to action. And so, Elizabeth, for those who then uh, take that ambition and are ready to follow through and apply for the awards, either as a learning process or uh, because they've got what it takes. What can you tell us about the program for the year to come? I have to say, I I love it that, Susan, that you set listeners a homework assignment. (laughs) Um, I think that's great. Um, But then also you gave all the advice on, you know, how to go about it. So I think that's really, that's really kind. Um, So of course, as we established early this is going to be the eighth year of the awards and on dwg's website there is a hall of fame there is this report about the first five years of trends and for each of the winners we publish blog posts and of course members will be getting in a bit more deeply with tours as well live tours of of those environments so i guess that's more homework in a way but hopefully really um very inspiring uh kind of assignment is is looking at some of that background material because it's going to give so much um, guidance around obviously uh, susan's been talking about how to go about really transforming the digital workplace but also how to go about the entry as well so in 2024 we will again have three categories digital workplace of the year modern internet of the year and digital workplace team of the year and of course this year in 2023 was our first year of the team awards and we've all been very excited about that and we've had a really excited response from the community because of being able to find out sort of how the team works how is it engaging across the organization how is it you know learning and being creative etc so we expect that to be an ongoing sort of really vibrant category and so Coven, this is about telling your story and a big part of demonstrating impact, as we've highlighted in, in our research this year, is about being able to tell the story. So if you see this as practice, that's great. And our judges love to be told a really compelling, really strongly fact-based, but an interesting story. And whether you're excelling at things behind the scenes, so maybe you've really worked hard on that governance or done some great strategic work, come and tell us about that, because in this award programme, you know, we do reward those aspects, as I said, not just the, the, the end product. Of course, if you're delivering really feature-rich, exciting digital workplaces, so that what aspect, then come and tell us about that as well. And whether you're a small team or a big team, I think the team awards this year show that, you know, winners can be very diverse in terms of, of what it is that they're doing and achieving. So we get very excited as we see those entries coming in. And of course, early in the year, we'll, we'll announce dates around that. So, so kind of watch this space. Fantastic. Uh, we are just about at the end of our time together. So I'll open it up to both of you. Any final reflections, thoughts, advice? Well, I would... You know, I, I would encourage anyone thinking to apply to 
really get involved with what's going on in the industry right now. There are so many um, industry events, webinars, awards, and to try and build your team's knowledge and your team's purpose. I would encourage you to really get involved because sometimes within the organization, it can be a bit lonely. You can find that you're really pushing for a certain approach or, you know, a way of doing things and linking up with your peers in the industry is a brilliant way of really staying relevant and giving you confidence to push forward. So that's what's kept me relevant. And I would encourage others to do that by, you know, pushing their agenda because it's the right thing to do, right? Because everything that we're doing is for our employees, but it is going to be for the customer ultimately. And that's essentially our employees are the customer and other organizations, they actually have customers too. So let's look at how we can all work together and really strengthen our industry even more. And this climate, just to add, this climate is even more important because this is an area of growth and we can really showcase what we can do in this climate. You don't have to be um, a massive team with a big budget. As the awards have shown, you can only have one or two people in your team and there's nothing like a small budget to focus the mind on doing something really different for your employees to really drive things. You don't need a big budget. So regardless of whether you're a big team or a team of one or two, apply to the awards because it really can make a difference. Yeah, powerful indeed. And, you know, where Susan started was around the skills of the team and really, you know, raising the the kind of knowledge and skills of the team. And I guess maybe I focus a little bit, as I do, on the skills of the employees as well and their readiness to use the AI-driven digital workplace. And in my research, I'm seeing a great appetite from employees to start to use AI and to really understand it, but quite a low level of organisations actually being clear about, you know, what are leadership expectations around AI use, what are providing training to people, putting in place policies. So I'd like to see some really thoughtful approaches to helping the workforce to really make the most of of AI. And that would be the cherry on the cake for me, as well as, you know, the exciting ways in which it's it's being used as well. Totally agree. (laughs) I have to say that this conversation was the cherry on the cake for the awards program. And I want to thank you both for coming into the studio to share a range of challenges and insights and calls to action for our community. And it's just been such a pleasure chatting with you both. Likewise, Nancy. Thank you for the invite and great having you here, Susan, as well. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for the invitation, Nancy. And it was great talking with you, Elizabeth. I think we've bounced off each other really well. Really enjoyed it. Digital Workplace Impact is brought to you by the Digital Workplace Group. DWG is a strategic partner covering all aspects of the evolving digital workplace industry, not only through membership, but also benchmarking and boutique consulting services. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com.